Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker. I'm joined as always by Matt. Why the heck did the Oklahoma City Thunder not take Jabari Smith Jr. Chamberlain? How's it going, Matt? Um, that was a long last name or middle name. Um, I'm doing all, you know, it's a day. It's been a day. And then I'll, I'll tell you, Ryan, after the day I've had to have my brain explode with the NBA draft, just so fitting. There's a million things that have happened in the NBA draft tonight. And that's what we're going to be talking about on episode 142. Um, Matt, I, I, I have so many thoughts and uh, so many reactions and I'm shocked by a lot of things that happened tonight. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, before we get too much further in the podcast, let me remind everyone to follow us on social media at CouchGM Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you haven't already, uh, find us on the podcast platform of your choice and give us a rating and review and also follow us. Matt, so let's just dive right into it. We're yes. talking about the NBA draft tonight. We're going to talk talk some some big picture stuff. We're going to talk some picks tonight. But oh my lord. I I like I walked my dog uh, you know right as the second round was starting and it was like what the heck just happened? What was this like 2 hour thing that I just watched and it, it, like it just so much ha- like Twitter was way ahead like usual, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's one of the worst parts of the draft, right? got to stay off the phone yeah 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 um but let's let's just dive right into the picks let's get to the picks let's talk talk about our reactions um why don't you take us through the first five picks here yeah let's start there so i'll rattle all five and then we'll come back to each one so orlando at one took palo out of duke okay see then when they had the choice decided to take chet Houston, just sitting there at three, happy as a clam, gets Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn. Sacramento gives everyone the deuces sign and just says, we're going to keep four, take Keegan Murray. And then Detroit, again, just another happy as a clam. We talked about this on the last pod. Basically, they just have to sit there, and they'll get a good player. And they got Jaden Ivey, who might be the best guard in this entire class at five and a perfect pairing with Cade, but we'll get back to them in a second. Ryan, let's start with Orlando since they did have the number one pick. We had the super weird sports betting thing with Paolo. Yep. Um, yep. Where, you know, Jabari was a pretty significant favorite. You know, Paolo was pretty far off in third. And then like within a two hour span, like all the money shifted to Paolo, all the odds shifted to Paolo. And then, like, two hours after that, like, it went back to, like, Jabari being, like, minus 1,000. And it's like something happened. Someone got tipped off about something. Right, right. But Orlando reportedly, no workout with Paolo, no meeting, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't, I mean, like, I saw on Twitter, I guess this could be a common thing. But you have the number one overall pick. How do you not meet with like all top three guys? I would have met with all three of them. I would have met with Jay Nivey. I would have met with Shane Sharp. Like, yeah, just like what? Like, are they telling you no? 
or did you just not bother to bring him in because you didn't want to like tip off that's who you wanted right right what's the or if you weren't worried about like oh it's going to tip off who we want then just bring in like 10 guys and then they <laughs> right. won't know which one you know like overload right bring yeah. some like second round guy in just to <laughs> screw with people just like yeah we could take this guy number one we're not but we could yeah and I, okay like actually taking Paulo now I, again we've talked about this a little bit of all the three top guys he's the one that I know is going to be a good basketball player in the NBA like I 100% know he's going to be good I know you can give him the ball I know he can score I know he can make a decision with the ball in his hands that's great Yep. and you know to, to me this is a small signal that Orlando's probably like, yeah, we like Jalen Suggs. It'd be nice to have another guy to really run our offense through, though, and that can be Paolo. And I think it's fine. For what it's worth, I think it's fine. I think for Orlando, they just didn't want to mess this up. You yeah. know, and Paolo, I'll just say he's safe, but of all the three top guys between Paolo, Chet, and Jabari, he was the one that, again, I think everyone knew, like, he's definitely good. So... A little bit of a scared mentality there, but if Paolo is a 12-year NBA player, makes two or three all-star games and has 20 points per game in multiple seasons, we're not going to knock the pick too much, to be honest. Right. Right. Like When it comes to being a you know revisionist history here in a few years. So it's a pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I think you kind of nailed it on the head. It feels like Orlando made the safest pick of the top five outside of detroit yeah i mean Um, that's it's worth something when you're you're so bad like orlando has been forever just get a guy who you know is gonna be good like there's there's no bust potential with paolo to me right yeah and i guess there is still some bust potential with chet and jabari so they're like if we have another top pick again next year cool but we're not gonna bust this one Right. Right. And like, like you said, it makes like they got their guard last year. They have a wing this year or wing, you know, big guy wing forward, yeah. wing forward. Um, you know, that combination wins a lot of games in the NBA. Um, yeah. And it makes sense. Like you, you can roll with that. Um, and I think, you know, there's some, you know, big centers in Orlando, like Wendell Carter Jr., who like makes sense for the future of this team. And mm-hmm. Paolo doesn't really ever interfere with any of that. Like you don't yeah. have to answer a bunch of questions this offseason. So Orlando in that sense kind of kicked the can on, you know, guys like Mo Bamba, it feels yeah. like. Because you could bring back Mo Bamba. Um, yeah, and be your backup center there. And it's no yeah. problem. Yeah. Cause I don't see Paolo personally as someone who We'll play much five. I mean, you could do it just for some small ball lineups here and there, but I honestly think just kind of evaluating him, he's got real guard skills. Mm. To me, I try and slim him down 10, 15 pounds, keep the muscle on him, just get the foot the footwork a little crisper and a, you know, a little faster. And I'd say you're more likely to play him at the three than you are the five. Yeah. So, you know, you can pair well with Franz, you know, for the next couple of years. Yep. You can play him with Wendell. You can play him with Mo Bamba. Like, he's versatile enough. 
to play with multiple guys. So for Orlando, I, I don't think they messed it up, to be honest. Could it have been better? Possibly. But they didn't mess it up. So right. there's that. But Ryan, let's go ahead and bite the bullet here. Um, Do we have to? <laughs> if we had to talk about the Celtics losing the finals, we got to talk about taking okay, <laughs> number two. So we were texting about this. We we did like always wonder like if Jabari goes one, like what would OKC have done? Like if they would have had the option but didn't. Well, they had the option, Ryan. They could have taken Jabari Smith Jr. And so at least we know now moving forward, it is on the record they picked Chet. So, Ryan, as the resident Oklahoma City Thunder fan here, how you doing? I'm not well. I'm not well, Matt. This is, I think, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say Luka Doncic level error on the Oklahoma City yeah. Thunder, Thunder part, um, but I think it's an error. I think it's a misstep. Um, I would have drafted Jabari Smith and done a million cartwheels um, while yeah. making the making the pick into the league. I just like I, I like I get like the comp. Like I get the excitement for Chet. Like I kind of understand that, but like realistically, w- can he hold up in like an intense seven game series? Could he play in that Boston Warriors series that we saw in the finals? I don't know. Like I don't know. Um, you're not asking like for Oklahoma City's perspective. You're not really asking him to be a number one guy necessarily because you have SGA. Um, as a scoring option, you have guys like Giddy or like Trey Mann who can facilitate the offense, right? And yeah. like I get all of that, but for my money and for what what wins championships in the NBA is scoring wings, right? What put Golden yeah. State over the top, right? It was Wiggins. It was a two way wing. Could Jabari yeah. not have been that for Oklahoma City? That's probably what you would have hoped at the minimum, right? Right. And like, that's, I guess that's kind of my hang up with this whole Chet Jabari thing is I think Jabari just makes more sense. And I know who he could be with Chet. There's the comparisons of like Giannis and some other bigs. It's just not, that's not it. Like, right. Like that's, he's not going to be Giannis. Like I see him more of a Kristaps Porzingis than anything else. And that's what scares me about Chet. Yeah, and I th- I think okay. So offense, let's start there. Offense, you're you're spot on about Chet's never going to be the hub of an offense. Right, he's just not. Like, which is fine because you do have Shea, Giddy, you know, long. You have Shea for now. Like that's Schaefer. the thing. Yes. So, in theory, Chet gives you floor spacing with those guys. And I know we talked about this a few days ago. Chet's three-point percentage overall looks really good, but the majority of his makes and what really bolstered his three-point percentage actually came in transition. Like he would be the trail guy, or like he'd grab the rebound, bring it up. His man would just run to the paint, turn around, realize Chet has the ball, and Chet would just walk into a three. That's when he like made his money as a three-point shooter. When Chet had to catch and shoot in the half court, he only shot 33%, which is not great because, again, in Gonzaga, he was not the first option. On offense, he was like the third or fourth option. 
So he was getting a bunch of wide open looks and he's like seven feet tall. Like he was shooting over everybody because no big man was guarding him in the West coast conference. Cause all the big men were guarding drew Timmy. Right. So it's not like he had to shoot over like massive size. He was shooting over six, 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 eight guards forwards. And he shot it at 33% clip. Right. It's not awesome. I don't think he has a broken shot, but I I am not 100% sold that he's going to give the floor spacing people were thinking he was going to give. And then defensively, like, again, he finds ways to block a ton of shots. Right? He does. There's the whole thin frame. Like, we don't need to rehash it because everyone does. He's not putting on 60 pounds like Giannis did, though. Right. He's just, because it's almost guaranteed no one at that frame will. Like, that's just life. Okay, right. like Giannis is a one in a billion player, right? And that's fine. Good for him. That's just probably not how Chet's going to fill out. And I do have some concerns with Chet. Like, if he's not going to be your five, like guarding on the perimeter, like he, he does a good job knowing what to do. The feet don't always do it quite as well as you'd like. But like, I think he'll be a good defender. But I just don't think he'll ever be Giannis or Evan Mobley out of last year's rookie class. I just don't think he'll be that. I know, you know, different comps I've gone around, like, what if he could be like a skinny Al Horford or, you know, that type of four or five combo guy who can shoot some, can do some dribble handoff stuff. Like, I think that's a nice player still if that works out for him. I just don't really care to take that guy at two. Right. Jabari Smith Jr. is on the board, and Jabari Smith Jr. has a chance to be significantly better than that. Right. I, I think, more than anything. Yeah, I think that's kind of my thing, is like the the Al Horford comp is like, yeah, that Al Horford's a nice player, and like at his peak is nice to have on your team, but like is that worth the number two pick? Probably not. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, if he exceeds Al Horford... How many all-star games did Al Horford made? Like two? I'll say one or two. Al Horford was the third pick in his draft, like in 2007. And like, I guess that's a fine career for Chet. But like, if I'm picking number two, I want a guy who's going to, I think, going to make more than one all-star game, one or two all-star games. And I think Jabari is that. Like, I think Jabari has a chance to be a 25 to 30 point game, a game scorer. Um. And I don't, I don't know with Chet, like if that's ever going to be a thing. It's not. It's just not. No, it's not. He might score twenty points a game at like his absolute peak season. I just, you know, I just don't think he will, like consistently. Yeah. Just again, it's hard to score that much when you're not the hub of an offense. Right. And it just is. So, okay, let's go to Houston because I feel like. I, Again, we'll just say it. Jabari might not work. But if Jabari hits, Houston is just going to be like, wow, Jabari, Jalen Green, and then, you know, some Kevin other Porter guy. Jr. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I love what they did at the back end of their draft, too. So we'll talk about that later. Like, Houston all of a sudden is kind of like, look, we got something here. Like, to actually build – and I'm I'm super impressed with Houston. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. So this is luck. Like it's not like they did anything to make this happen. Right. But 
hey, you know what? Took what was in front of you, and it's a good idea. Well, they all, I mean, to that point, they didn't over panic. Like, right? Yeah. Like, if they thought. And trade a it, bunch of picks to go get him at one or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, so, with Jabari, I think one thing also about him is I mean, there's the offense and there's all the offense upside in the world, and we can talk about that more, but defensively, that dude gave a crap at Auburn. Like, mm. he, he really like competed on the perimeter. He, you know, weak side would come block shots. Like he wasn't as good at the blocking shots as, as like that was, but he was pretty good at it or like recovery blocking shots or like just not getting beat quite as much either though. So Houston needs someone that's going to be like, we're going to take defense seriously. And so maybe while he's not like the cleanup guy that Chet is, Jabari might just be a, hey, from the jump, we're, we're not going to give up a ton. Like, we're going to fight our tails off through screens, you know, switching, whatever. Like, but we're going to bring some intensity here, which Houston needs. From everything I've heard about Jabari Smith, again, and his dad was, was a professional player too. Like, he just, he already knows how to be a pro. He doesn't need, a, he's not going to go through the whole rookie thing. He's going to have it figured out and he's good. And Houston just needs some culture. They need someone who's good, and Jabari is good, and he's going to be really good. I think the spacing, like just the NBA space, will help him even more. Like he'll get there. I think right. the ball handling will get there, and I think as long as he keeps competing on defense, like this Houston turnaround, it's going to still take some time, but it'll get there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great pick, right? Like a guy valued at number Perfect. one. Um falls to three and you don't have to overspend to get them. Um, and, you know, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., like you feel really good about that pairing going forward. Um, and, you know, there's there's starting to be some hope in Houston. Um, yeah. And, you know, we can talk about what they did later in the draft and I, they still have more picks coming from the Harden trade. Um, yeah. So, like, the future is bright in Houston and just a good draft overall for them. And, yeah. I, I mean, I love Jabari Smith Jr. I, as a person who doesn't necessarily love the Houston Rockets, it's going to be hard seeing him do well. But, like, I think this is – it's just it's just a stellar pick that, you know, a good job by that front office not to over panic and try to overpay for someone who they thought, yeah. you know, was, was the number one pick. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and bite another bullet here with Sacramento. So, all the trade rumors in the world about the number four pick didn't happen. I don't know. Just that alone, Ryan, what do you think about that? I mean, like... And again, we I, don't know if they were, like, what the best offer was. So Right. Like, I know Oklahoma City was hungry to get another pick and that we talk, we'll talk about that here in a little bit um in the lottery this year i just don't understand like not taking the high side guy like the best player available um and i I mean like you if you if you're not going to do that like trade the pick that's where i'm at is if like you want an nba ready guy then go get an nba ready guy (laughs) someone who's played minutes in the nba right yeah like 
I think they should trade the pick. I don't know what the best offer was. I don't know. But, and again, I'm just saying an offer. I don't know what is actually out there. But, like, if San Antonio offered you nine and one of their billion players they have that was, like, actually good, maybe two, like, I probably would have just done that. Like, right. And maybe a future pick also. And they also had 20 and 25s. Like, maybe you could have got one of those also. Like, I don't know. I just had to think there were deals out there that were still think, good. Or even call up, like, I don't know, New Orleans. Like, they were, like... Yeah. Like, they were possibly went up. I, I just had to think something better was out there. Right. Than no. what they ultimately turned down, whatever that was. Now coming to the pick. So they pick Keegan Murray. All this, uh, again, I'm on the record. Would not have done this. I'm not a Keegan guy. I mean, like I have him at 12 on my personal board. So like it's in the lottery, but uh, yeah, I just, he's going to turn 22 in August. Mm-hmm. Like he was average at best for a college player. His first two years at Iowa he blew up this year. His best skill, honest to God, is his motor. Like he mm. just tries really hard. He runs hard all the time, and he runs the lane like you know, rim to rim after getting a rebound. Like I love that. I'd want him on my team in general. He can hit catch and shoot threes. He can run off of a screen and hit a three. Not like Duncan Robinson, you know, quite that much, but you know, a simple down screen. He can come off of it, look ready to shoot. Like, that's good. Like, but I told you this before the pod. He hit 14 jump shots off the dribble this year. Mm. How do you play 30-some-odd games in the Big Ten, score almost 24 points a game, and only hit one off-the-dribble jumper every other game? Right. Like that, what that tells me, and again, studying him also, he gets a lot of points on offensive rebounds, just running in transition, you know, running the middle, running the break, you know, catch and shoot threes, and then just kind of like post ups against mm-hmm. like a switch or something and just kind of backing your man down for 10 feet and then putting up, putting up a right handed hook. Like, cause he has long arms and he's six foot nine, which is cool in college. But if I'm picking someone at four in the NBA draft and I'm turning down trade offers, like I want a guy who can do a lot more than this. Mm. And yeah, he in theory should be a good culture guy for Sacramento. Like plays hard, high motor, like does his job, whatever you ask him to do. Like in theory, that's a good guy to have in Sacramento. I just would rather have taken that guy at eight. <laughs> right, not four. Right, and maybe you just didn't think he was going to be there by then. But I would have rather taken a lot of the other guys before him anyway, straight up. So, like, this pick is never going to make sense to me. I know a bunch of people like Keegan Murray. I, I can get a guy who tries hard later than four. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like the high motor guys. It feels like they're just all over the place now. And like what, like you said, like why not move back, get another asset, um, in the process of 
you know, trading back. Like, I feel like seven would have been a good spot. Like, I feel like Portland wanted to move up. Um, so, like, why not trade back with them, move back three spots, maybe get another future pick from Portland or another player. Um, I just, I, I guess I don't, like you, I don't understand that mindset for Sacramento. And maybe they were just taking Keegan Murray because they were trying to work on another deal and the deal just never happened. Yeah. But still, it's a bad pick. And like, if they wanted a forward, again, I'm higher on like Jeremy Sohan, who went nine, for example. But Jeremy Sohan probably isn't ready to like be a starter on a potential playoff team tomorrow because he just turned nineteen like a few days ago. Mm. So like, I get that. I I don't know. Like, I'm a big Tari Eason guy who went seventeen as a forward. I'm a big Ujman Jang guy who went 11 to Oklahoma City. Like, let's go. I just, I would have gone with other forwards, like straight up. Yeah. But again, I would have gone with other guards. Like, Sacramento, I don't know what they're doing acting like they have this great guard situation either with Fox and Davion Mitchell, whose only good games were at the end of the season when they were just done. Oh, oh, you forgot about Tyrese Halbert. Oh, wait. Wait, not sorry. There. Sorry. So, I think I think Sacramento fumbled the bag a bit here. <laughs> Keegan Murray is going to play in the NBA for like ten years. I'll, like that, that's fine. I I just don't care. Right. Yeah. Like how many how many All Star games is that guy making? Probably zero. Uh, I mean, unless he gets like a one random one, you know, fill in injury guy. Like, I don't if I if I set the over under at one and a half for all star games. That's a definite under for me. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing you got. If if you're taking a guy top four, you want that hit over every single time. Yeah. And so that moves on to the next guy, Jaden Ivy to Detroit out of Purdue, who does have real potential to, to hit that over on that bet. Um, Absolute steal here. Getting him at five. Again, you, you could have told me, Houston took him at three. Sacramento took him at four. Ends up here at five. Um, I'm not saying Houston should have taken him over Jabari. I'm just saying, like, if Jabari was gone, you could have told me Jay Nivey went three. Could have told me Sacramento took him. They didn't for God knows what reason. Detroit gets him. This is perfect. Pairs excellent with Cade. Mm. Doesn't have to, like, run, run the offense because Cade will do that. But he gives a change of pace, change of tempo to Detroit. Um, I, I just think while the defense is a little bit of a concern, it doesn't matter right now for Detroit. Like you're just taking the best player available, and that was by far and away Jaden Ivey. So he was again one of these guys that like, if you can get him, you know at least how your team's gonna play now. And you know the direction of your team, which is we're a guard-oriented, tempo, ball movement offense now with him and Cade Cunningham, which in Detroit, they've been a slodge. They've been just stuck in the weird draft spots. They've been stuck in bad records. They're, they're moving now. They're, they're moving with pace. They're moving with purpose. And that's Jay Nivey. I love this pick. I, I mean, like, you're absolutely right. I don't I don't know a ton about Jaden Ivey, but I want the Thunder to draft him, uh, if at all possible, at Ford's move up to the Sacramento pick, and that didn't happen. Um, but the the uh, 
the whole like Detroit now like experience is a lot more fun. Like I don't remember Detroit being this fun within the last ten years. Like Cade, yeah. Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, some other picks they made later in this draft that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fun group. And you know, like you said, Jaden Ivey pairs well with Cade Cunningham. It gives you know, gives Cade the opportunity to play off ball a little bit. And like what's the comp for Jaden Ivey? Like John Morant, like a bigger John Morant. I don't think he passes quite that well, but he is bigger. So, yeah, like these, you know, attacking John Wall type guards, like, again, he may not ever be as good as some of those guys were at their peaks, but like Jaden Ivey's really good. And for the first time in forever, he's going to have space. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is like one of Cade's like quote unquote weaknesses is getting to the rim. And this kind of solves that, right? In that's a lot of ways. probably Jay Navi's best skill is right. blowing by guys and then dunking it on someone's head. <laughs> so that I mean, like you Love know, it. yeah, it's it's just an awesome pairing. It's really smart. Good job, good job by Detroit and making yeah. this pick. And again, they didn't overpay for the guy. Like I feel like in the past we would have seen Detroit maybe leapfrog Sacramento yeah. or trade back, and they didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't panic. So we'll run through, just kind of rattle off the next five. Um, And I actually liked pretty much all these. Um, Indiana at six went Ben Matherin, wing out of Arizona. Sneaky good pick there. Add some scoring, add some athleticism. Um, I really like them. Uh, Portland at seven goes Shaden Sharp. Again, I think it's a good swing. I had Shaden Sharp much higher on my board just because, you know, wings are valuable. I, I take chances on those type of guys. Interesting timeline combination, though, for Portland, but I don't really care. I think you take the swing. Um, New Orleans went Dyson Daniels, point-ish guard of the G League Ignite, originally from Australia. He's a defensive guy. New Orleans has said on the record, we can teach guys to shoot. So I think that's their bet here. Um, San Antonio goes Jeremy Sohan. I mentioned earlier... I had him at like number six on my board. I was very high on Jeremy Sohan um, out of Guyman, Oklahoma, um, a world traveler uh, of the last several years. Um, love his story. Love everything about him. I just don't see that dude failing. I love that pick. Um, Washington goes Johnny Davis out of guard out of Wisconsin. Nice little combo guard. I think you can pair him with Brad Beal if Brad Beal wants to stick around. I don't know how happy he is about getting a rookie and not trading the pick for, you know, Malcolm Brogdon type of guy, but is what it is. Um, I like Johnny Davis, whether you have Beal or not. Okay, now we'll kind of stop and talk about the next three picks because two of them were, again, by Ryan's Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's go. And then another one by Detroit that we've been alluding to a little bit that just sent everyone's mind into just on a black hole of like nothingness. Um, so 11 was originally owned by the Knicks. Oklahoma City traded up to the pick by sending the Knicks three future first in next year's draft, Ryan. Just that part. How do you feel? I mean, like, so the thing is, Matt, that the Thunder had, what, five picks in next year's draft? And you're not in the first the, round. In the first round. In the first round, you're not 
taking five rookies with adding potential uh, adding three this year, right? Yeah. Maybe more. After um, adding guys last year, like Josh Giddy. <laughs> right. Right. JRE, a bunch of other guys. Yeah. You know, like you're just like there's a limit to how many rookies you can take on. The picks that conveyed or in this draft or in this trade, excuse me, 2023 protected first rounder via Detroit, 2023 protected first rounder via Washington and a 2023 protected first rounder via Denver. Like the best pick out of that might be like Detroit or Washington. And like, it's a protected first round pick to move up in the lottery, like move into the lottery. Yeah. And that's effectively it. Yeah. Like they moved basically from 30 to 11 right for two picks essentially yeah. because the, they got another pick back from the nuggets yeah it's just i mean it makes sense i like i like the swing by presti here like if you like if you have a guy go get him and like this is what presti did you know yeah. to draft uzbong jiang yeah and jang a 6 10 basically guard um who's grown a lot in the last couple of years again if the shot's hitting like it did the last half the season playing over in the nbl and australia this kid's gonna be terrific if it doesn't need to work on some stuff but i think it's a great swing for oklahoma city and then they had the 12th pick which they didn't have to send new york in this trade so they held on to it and they took jalen williams out of santa clara the first Bronco picked since Steve Nash. Um, kind of an upside pick still. I think this was the definite indicator that um, they were going for length in this draft. <laughs> um, Sam Presti special. Yeah, Chet with the seven, like five wingspan. Jang with like a seven, one wingspan. Jalen Williams as a six, six guard with a seven foot two wingspan. Um, yeah, just kind of wild there but of the three Jalen Williams is honestly probably the most ready to step on an NBA court mm. and like do anything on offense um I love the kid love the story he's grown a lot like literally in the last like two years um I I think he's a good person to bet on I don't know if he'll ever be like a high level starting guard wing but I think he's a at worst a nice rotation player so you know what? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you're hoping for here, right? For Oklahoma City. Like at 12, 13, 14 in the lottery, there's rarely an all-star caliber player. So you're kind of looking, searching for those high upside rotation guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the idea. I like to pick um, all three together. I don't know. Part of me wonders if they could have had a better draft. But like overall, I'm pretty okay with the thunder draft um i'd say i don't know if i'm doing cartwheels about it but it's good i'm not i'm not doing cartwheels about it like right like i'm not yeah i'm not going out buying fireworks tonight but i'm also not slashing sam presti's tires so there's a happy medium there somewhere in the middle Yeah. yeah um okay and now detroit so charlotte originally owned the 13 pick they took Jalen Duran, the center out of Memphis, who doesn't even turn 19 until August. Very young. They sent him to the Knicks for 
a future first and four second round picks. And then Jalen Duran and Kimba Walker are being sent to Detroit for the first round pick that they recently acquired for Jeremy Grant. So they basically sent Jeremy Grant out for rookie center Jalen Duran. Basically the trade at the end of the day. Um, if you're Detroit, I kind of love it because, you know, whatever. You, you weren't keeping Jeremy Grant. Right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And if you think Durin can be your starting center for the next eight to ten years, cool. Um, Jalen Duran's best skill is he is six foot ten, six eleven, looks like a grown man, and catches every single lob you throw to him. Like every single lob. Doesn't matter how far behind his head it is. Um <laughs> He's very DeAndre Jordan-y, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think some people think he's going to be a great switching center. Like, when he got picked, like, it was like, Bam Adebayo, you know, is, like, the player comp. He ain't, he don't move like Bam Adebayo <laughs> on defense. He don't move like that. But, like, you know, can he be a good rim protector? Maybe he can do some passing out the short roll a little bit. Yeah, can will he catch every lob? Yes. Do I love the pairing with Cade and Ivy? I, I I really like it. I don't know if I love it, but I really like it. So the fact that you didn't really give up much to get him back into the lottery, like it's not a bad not a bad idea. Yeah, that uh I mean the Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivy, Cade Cunningham, Sneak Bay. Like that—that's a good core, you know. Like we, on the last pod, we talked about cores, and I think you can throw these guys into the mix for, of the core for the Detroit Pistons. And I—I I don't know. I like the future now more now than I did ten days ago for Detroit, and I like oh, Detroit. Great. Yeah, they—they they know what they're doing now. They know where they're heading. Like they're gonna start becoming more of a tempo team get out, get up and going a little bit more. I just imagine the K kick aheads to Ivy, you know, one more lob to Jalen Duran, and it, it can become a dunk show in Detroit, which for a team that lacked vertical athleticism last year to get maybe the two best high flyers in this draft and Jaden Ivy and Jalen Duran, I think, really helps Detroit like just have a different look now mm-hmm. and Cade will succeed in with anything. So give him some athleticism to work with here. And I like it. I think it's a good idea. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest with these Ryan, before we just rattle off some other picks? No, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to say that Oklahoma City knocked out of the park with an a plus tonight. Cause I don't think they did. But, you know, my boy Troy Weaver from Oklahoma City, he might have gotten an A-plus tonight. Yeah. I did wonder if Oklahoma City was going to take a center in this draft, like Jalen Duran. Yeah. Obviously, they're like, Chet's going to be probably our guy at the center, if not this year because of his size, maybe in a couple years. I think that was kind of the indication I got by them not taking Jalen Duran there when they traded back up. But um, I guess we'll see. Okay. So some other picks made. 
Cleveland went Ochai at Baji out of Kansas. Low upside guy, but, you know, wing shooter-ish. Can ne- play next to Darius Garland. Think it's fine. Um, Charlotte at 15 did take their center of the future that they were desperately needing with Mark Williams. Um, so effectively, Charlotte traded 13 for a future first-round pick. And then used 15 to get the center they wanted, which was Mark Williams. So I guess it worked out for Charlotte. Um, the whole Miles Bridges thing, trying to, they didn't want to take in two lottery rookies because of the contracts, because they want to re sign Bridges. It's kind of ridiculous, but I guess that's for another pod. Um, <laughs> Atlanta goes AJ Griffin. He can shoot. I don't think he can do anything else, but he can shoot. Um, so floor spacing next to Trey, definitely not going to help that defense. Houston, and we'll talk more about Houston here in a second. So they took Tari Eason out of LSU. I have a little note here. He's one of my all-caps favorite prospects. Um, we'll talk more on him in a bit. I freaking loved this for Houston. Um, completely revamping their front court now. Um, Chicago took Dalen Terry out of Arizona. He can be your point guard. He can be your small forward. Um, if he works out, I'm, I'm just going to throw a name out there. If he works out, he could be very Tayshon Princey, you know, like from those mm. old Detroit teams, the early 2000s. Yeah. I like Tayshon Prince. Dale and Terry's got a little, not, not as much, but he's got a little bit of just like, he can be your point. He can be your small forward. He can run and pick and roll. He can just be like this off-ball cutter. He can do a lot of stuff. I don't know if he does anything great, but he can do a lot of stuff. Um, Memphis goes Jake LaRavia, the white guy out of Wake Forest. Um, (laughs) This was kind of out of nowhere, wasn't it? I I like this pick. I like this. I I had LaRavia as like a late first, but, you know, whatever. Um, Minnesota actually had this pick originally. They sent it to Memphis. Minnesota got 22 and 29 in return um, for trading back. So Memphis, I think LaRavia could be a rotation guy for the next year. Um, Mm -hmm. I like him. Uh, 20, San Antonio, they go Malachi Branham, combo guard of Ohio State, slipped a little bit in this draft. I had him um, at number, where, where did I have him at? I had him at 12 on my board. So most people had him in that 12 to 16 range. So got him at 20. Good value. Yeah, value um, there. Yeah, I think worth a shot. Denver goes Christian Brown out of Kansas. Just what a perfect role player. Catch and shoot threes. Willing passer. Plays aggressive defense. Cuts all the time. Loves playing transition. Great player to play with Nikola Jokic. Um, mm-hmm. com- like, kind of the opposite of like Bones Highland, but okay. who they yeah. had last year. But Christian Brown is, I think he's just kind of a winning player. He does a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. then, as much as I hate Kansas, like, again, being Oklahoma State guys, like, but to watch him in kind of those final four games where he was kind of hitting some shots and just, Yelling like I'm that effing guy, like, <laughs> like just all over, you know, North Carolina, and 
was like, okay, yeah, I hate him, but I'd want him on my team. <laughs> um, one of those guys. So, uh, 22 then goes to Minnesota again in that Memphis trade. Mm. Took Walker Kessler, the like seven foot two big man out of Auburn, led the nation in blocks this year. Um, that like ESPN had like the ridiculous stat. He averaged one block per every five and a half minutes he played in the game. Um, That's insane. It, it's crazy. It is. Um, my only question is what the hell? Um, <laughs> have we not, not watched modern NBA basketball? <laughs> Walker Kessler would have been a top 10 pick 10, 15 years ago. Right. I think that dude's feet are going to get so crossed up um, at the NBA level. He's just going to have to drop on everything and hard to block a shot when you're 15 feet away from the guy. Um, <laughs> I, it's fair. I, I, I just, I had him at like 60, like on my mm. board. I just, I Way don't, down there. My, I don't value this type of player at all. Like you better be way more athletic than Walker Kessler is if that's going to be your role. Like Jalen Duran is like two years younger, a super athlete, sculpted, and catches every lob and can actually jump. Like, mm. and has some passing and shooting potential. I don't know if we'll ever do it, but he has some potential. Walker Kessler, like, may have some shooting potential. He made a few threes this year, like a handful, but like, I don't really trust it. So, I I don't get this pick at all. We'll talk more about it later. Um, <laughs> Memphis got the 23rd pick, which was Philly's pick. They've reportedly traded Danny Green and number 23 to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. So DeAnthony Melton goes to Philly. And Ryan, I we were texting about this. Somehow Memphis got better value for DeAnthony Melton than Houston got for Christian Wood. <laughs> and basically the same value that Detroit got for Jeremy Grant. Although they did end up flipping that pick for Jalen Duran. So I guess they did technically get better value. But very weird D'Anthony Melton netted this much back for Memphis. Well, that I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, like, I, it makes sense for Philly to get someone like him. Um, you know, this is kind of the pre one of the precursor moves uh, for Philly to dump Danny Green's contract um, to maybe sign James Harden long term or another star, but like I don't know, DeAnthony Melton was a rotation guy for Memphis. Uh, I have a hard time trading a guy like that, right? Yeah. Well, a couple things. One, I think we talked about this a little bit. I don't know if Danny Green's going to play this year. Like, right. Right, he may be serious done. injury in the playoffs. Like his right. timetable to return is a while. Like next spring, twenty twenty three spring. Yeah. So like he might not even be healthy to play until like the last like month of the season or so. Um, and at that point, what are you going to get out of him? So right. I've kind of been considering him like a salary at this point more than anything. Right. Right. And then. I mean, during I'm not saying Philly should have kept 23. I just, I don't know. I would have asked for something more than Melton. Maybe Melton plus, like, another bench player. 
you know, just to add, because Philly needs some depth. You know, they, right. we kind of saw in the playoffs, like, they kind of just didn't have any guys at a certain point. Um, so I was like, shake Milton to try and save their season. Um, <laughs> well, but, I, mean, you know. I mean, I guess that's like, Anthony Milton's like a competent guard. Um, yeah. But like, I, I don't know. Like, you're going to have to pay D'Anthony Melton at some point, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's not on a contract extension yet. Um, Probably in a couple years, but... I don't, like, uh, I don't know. I guess, like, with the draft is an easy way, especially when you're drafting in the 20s to get cheaper talent, you know? This and is like, basically where they drafted Matisse Thibel a few years ago, and there were some guys still on the board here, like would have been okay taking. Um, but yeah, I just I would have tried to look around a little more if I was Philly. And maybe this was the best offer. I'd like to think there were better offers though. Um now Memphis getting back to them, so they actually had to pick. So again, I liked Memphis's nineteen pick with Laravia. I hated this pick. <laughs> David Roddy. He's the fat guy out of Colorado State. He's six six, like two sixty. And he's a power forward slash shooting guard. Like <laughs> So he's kinda like a like I've heard the comp of like a PJ Tucker type, right? Like that's oh, PJ Tucker's in like a hundred times better shape than David Roddy is. <laughs> I, I love David Roddy as a college player. Like he's fun. It's like again, he's in terrible shape. Ter- like you go into the combine and you'd like to think like at the combine when they do measurements, like you like kind of prepare yourself for it. Like you practice the drills and everything like that, you know, and you know, you're going to get measured and, and whatever. David Roddy, like just, I don't want to say he didn't get ready for it, but like he didn't really help himself out here. Um, I'm trying to, I'm pulling it up real quick. He's like two fifty, right? Like twelve percent body fat. He weighed two sixty one at the combine. Dang. Like you should not be above like eight percent body fat if you're really trying to be serious as like a perimeter based wing trying mm-hmm. to make it in the NBA. Like just being honest. And so we already knew he was overweight. The body fat numbers were bad. And then like I liked him at Colorado State. Like he really shot it there. But again, you're playing in a lesser conference. When he came to the combine, and not to put all the stock in the combine, but he looked like garbage out there. Like I seriously thought he should have gone back to school and just like got an NIL deal or something. Um, I just don't think offensively he'll be able to get his shot off and you know really utilize his spacing skills and then defensively. He just got cooked at the combine, mm. like just all day, every game, every possession. He was just getting roasted. Like you put any semblance of athleticism out there, and he had no shot. So, I think he's a fun player. I think he's a good G League player. I have no idea why he's a first round pick. I think this is ridiculous. I think I had him in like the seventies on my board. Like, oh dang! Yeah, I, I. Let's see. Let's. David Roddy. I had him at 76. Like, and I know I'm lower on him than most, but most people, like, by the end of this kind of draft cycle, were kind of like maybe 45. Mm. 
Here he yeah. is at 23. That's rough. Um, Milwaukee, 24, goes Marshawn Beauchamp out of G League Ignite. He's, a, he's like the age of like a college junior. So he's mm. not like a Ignite guy. He's like a freshman. Right. Uh, slasher, hustle guy, athleticism. Cool. Might be able to get some rotation minutes from Milwaukee next year. San Antonio, um, Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame. I think he's good. I think he has good value. But another guard? I feel like San Antonio goes through these cycles where they load up all, all these guards and then they trade them off. So, like, Derek White got sent out, right? Like, is, like, yeah. Lonnie Walker about to get sent out? As, like he's okay. a restricted free agent. So, they might just be saying, like, we were, we're not going to match. Right. And then, like, DeJounte Murray, there was some, like, trade rumors around him. I would want to keep him, but, like, totally understand if the timeline's just not work out. Yeah. But then you drafted Josh Primo last year in the lottery. Right. You, you drafted Devin Vassell in the lottery before. You Kelton Johnson. Yeah, you got Kelton Johnson still, who is kind of like a small forward type of guy, like – so now you're kind of like, okay, so now we draft Malachi Branham at 20 and Blake Wesley at 25. Kind of like, what are we what are we doing here? We're kind of getting the Oklahoma City thing of like, you can't keep all these guys. You know right. that, right? Like, you kind of have to do something with some of them. And for a team that desperately needs front court help, why do we why do we spend two of our three picks on guards? Mm. You know, like uh uh, again, the guy picked at 27 just a couple picks later would have made a lot more sense to me, but okay, maybe there's more to come with San Antonio. So they're right. they might just get a TBD with all this um, since we don't know everything else that they're going to end up doing this offseason. But um, Minnesota used that 29 pick they got from Memphis to trade up to 26. Um, which is where Houston was after the Christian Wood trade. They took Wendell Moore out of Duke. It's fine. He's a glue guy. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of knocked down some shots. Could have. I probably would have gone a different direction, but fine. I don't like it in combination with their other pick. I think they had a bad draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami twenty-seven went Nikola Jovic out of Serbia. Nineteen-year-old um, kid. Secretly love this because I think they'll help him get in a little better shape, maybe help get him a little more athletic. Um, has only been playing basketball for like five, six years. Oh dang! And he's like six ten. He's like a six ten guard. Um, can really pass, and the shot looks good. And it went in a pretty decent amount. Um, he just needs reps. He just needs reps. Um, mm-hmm. But I like him. Secretly like this pick. Um, Warriors 28 go Pat Baldwin Jr. out of the University of Milwaukee. Um, at one point was a top five recruit in the country. Decided not to go to Duke and to go play for his dad at the University of Milwaukee as the head coach there. Um, did not go well at all. I had him in the 50s. He did have some ankle injuries, which was unfortunate. But also, he's another guy who came to the combine way out of shape was like last or near last and like literally every single agility drill they did. And Not good. as a guy who's tabbed as a shooter and again, in the past, he really has been a great shooter. Mm. He made absolutely nothing this year at Milwaukee and he made absolutely nothing at the combine. So 
again, I, I think he can shoot, but he proved at Milwaukee he could not get dribble separation. That's so, not good. And that was pre-injury. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. But if anyone's going to take him in the first round, Golden State's like, hey, we'll go throw you in Santa Cruz for a year. Check back in with you. See how it goes. Yeah. If it works, great. But it might not work. So, mm. um, Houston here. This is kind of concluding the Houston love. Because they traded back from 26 to 29, um, acquired a couple future seconds from Minnesota by doing that. They got Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky, um, point guard. So now Houston's young core is going to be Ty Ty Washington running the point, Jalen Green, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith, and then I guess Alperin Shangun at center. <laughs> Which, you know what, though? I love it. Uh, not so much the Shangun part, but I love this. Track. Your boy, Shangun. Yeah, stop it. Um, I need to send him to play some defense. Um, <laughs> I love this. Ty Ty Washington. When Kentucky let him be the point guard, that dude was wheeling and dealing. Mm. When they got the, the other old senior point guard off the floor and let him just run the show, there was one game, Ryan, he had like 17 assists. Like mm. He can pass out of the pick and roll. Um, he can shoot. My one concern, he's a little thin, but... You know, like, whatever. Um, again, they need talent. He is talented. If he doesn't work, it's fine. I love the pick. Denver, last one. Um, this was from OKC. That whole Jamichael Green thing from a couple weeks ago. So Denver went safe with their first pick with Christian Brown out of Kansas. Next pick, they go Peyton Watson, who I don't know if you caught this on the broadcast, Ryan. Averaged three points per game at UCLA this past year. I did. Playing about 12 minutes a game. Um, Yeah, just a disaster season. Not because he necessarily did anything wrong. Literally just he thought he was going to a UCLA team that was going to have minutes for him. And then Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes decided not to go to the draft last year. Mm. And he, Mick Cronin just wasn't going to play him. Like just wasn't going to play him. Um but like when he did stuff for like Team USA, like U19, like he was good. And when they let him kind of be the guy and flashes, like he was good for UCLA. Um, 6'8", long guard. Um, I think if he had gone back to school, he would have been a top 15-ish pick next year. So mm-hmm. um, good value. Again, he just needs reps. So yeah. throw him down in you know, Grand Rapids. Um, or wherever the heck Denver's dealing team is. I think it's Grand Rapids. Uh, Cedar Rap? I don't know. Who cares? Um, <laughs> and yeah, let this guy get some reps. He's active. He defends. Like I like the idea here. Take one safe pick. Take one upside pick for Denver. I love it. Grand Rapids. Yeah, Grand Rapids. That's right. There you go. Um, okay, so just in general now, one's loved. Houston, let's start and talk about it. And this is where I'll come back and give some Tari Eason love here. He was the 17th pick, Ryan. 
you know how everyone always asks, like, who's going to be like that mid-teens guy that like pops? You know, because there's always one. You know, right. and everyone's like, who's the next Paul George? Who's the next? You know, whatever. Right. For this year's draft, my guy was Tari Eason. So I had him on my board at 11. Okay. I had him slightly above Keegan Murray. Oh, wow. Basically, no one else does. And here's why. So he, he plays so goddamn hard. I mean, he is up in your junk for the entire game he's in. Um, I think he can shoot. It's a, it needs some work, but I think he can shoot. He has really nice touch on his free throws and finishing inside. I think um, his archetype is just what you're looking for at the end of the day. Ryan, again, not I don't want to do everything at the combine as like, you know. The, yeah, this, the, the truth. Right. Usually a guy who has like big hands measures at like 10 like inch width hands. How big were Tari Eason's hands, Ryan? Like 11 inches, 12 inches? 11 inches. Oh my God. Like, I mean, and it was, that's bigger than any center, any big man, anyone in the draft. So he has these massive hands, came in at less than 6% body fat. He's got a 7-2 wingspan. He is, he may be the most physically like strong wing forward in the draft. He will go through you. He will go over you. He will, you know, he has a little finesse to his game too. If there's anyone to me that's going to be the Kawhi Leonard, you know, not, you know, 99% sure he's not going to be Kawhi because, again, no one is. But right. if there's anyone who's going to be that, like, wing, you know, forward that just kind of figures it out and, just adds a little bit more offense and the defense is what catapults them up to like being a legit guy. I think it's Tari Eason. He, he is a guy I'm just willing to bet on him. Um, is he the guy in like five years we're going to do a redraft and it's like, Oh yeah, he should have been top five. Yeah. Easy to me. Like he's at least the archetype and potential. to mm. be that guy. So he's kind of like, like Keegan, I was saying, like he plays really hard. He, you know, tries. He runs the floor. I get it. So does Tar Eason. Mm. Like he does, and I think Tari does a better job of kind of using his dribble to get to where he wants to go, which is the rim. Like to be honest, but he gets there, and he's strong enough to power through and finish. Whereas, like, I don't think Keegan is strong enough to, like, power through, like, post-ups and finishes at the NBA level. I think Tari is. Hmm. Uh, and then defensively, I think Tari Eason is, like, head and shoulders better defensively than Keegan Murray. Like, at this point, like, I don't see any reason why Tari Eason won't be able to guard twos, threes, and fours. Keegan Murray, I... I think he can guard some NBA fours. Like, <laughs> so that's not sure not, about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Tari Eason to me, he can just be, he can be a difference maker defensively. And 
I think the offense will come. So I, I think this was a home run draft for Houston overall. Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Ty Ty Washington, like all kind of just falling to them. Yeah. Too. Like and never like having to trade up. If any you traded down there at twenty six to twenty nine, like yeah. I think this is awesome for them. So but they got three of my so they got my number one prospect, my number eleven prospect, and my number twenty prospect. I that's a heck at, of a draft. Yeah, at three 17 and Three, 29. 17 and 29. So yeah, that's not only great value, but just, you know, like we said, we didn't you didn't have to overpay. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to panic trade up. You didn't give any future assets away. This is two drafts in a row for Houston, right? Of just being pretty good. And like like we said earlier in the pod, I think I think you get a, a really quicker rebuild with how how smart uh, Houston has been, um, and I say that uh, with the caveat of some like Kevin Porter Jr. stuff and some Christian Wood stuff, like some teammate chemistry stuff. But with some of these young guys, hopefully this gets figured out, right? Well, and I know you and I talked about it with like the Christian Wood thing. Sometimes there's addition by subtraction, right? Bringing in all these young guys and what we think are good young guys. You want to make sure they're practicing the right way. They're learning how to be a pro the right way. And it's why they've openly said, like, we're keeping Eric Gordon. Because he's willing to be that kind of leader, teacher, and do all that. And, I mean, you have to pay somebody, you know. So Right. But, like, that's why you keep him around and not Christian Wood. Like, I don't know that they're going to keep Kevin Porter Jr. around. I mean, they might, but... With the way this draft went, I wouldn't feel the need to at this point. If he's more of a headache than a solution to your problem, I might just move on. You got a team option on him, you know. Mm. I don't. I don't yeah. know. But I mean, love... Ty Ty Washington might be the solution there too, right? Like yeah. you're saying. Yeah, and Ty Ty is gonna turn 21. Um, here in November. So he he was even though he was a freshman at Kentucky, he's really the age of like a normal sophomore. So he's like a little older, a little more ready to step in than maybe what you normally think. So I think I'd go ahead and cut ways with Kevin Porter Jr. Go ahead and just, you know, get to, get the totem pole and let's start giving, you know, here's where Jalen Green is. Here's where Jabari is, like, and let's start getting some of this established rather than putting guys out there that think they should be getting 20 shots a game that mm. shouldn't. Right. Um, okay, next one, Detroit. We were talking about it earlier. You just nailed it. But yeah. You weren't keeping Jeremy Grant, you know, cool, fine. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Cade... Sadiq Bay, you know, I think that's really solid, man. Like, that's just really something you can work with now that you just didn't have before. Right. You have guys who can, or two A guys, you have guys who can take over games and Cade late. And you have a guy, you know, a change of pace guy now with Jaden Ivey. Um, and that you have another big man. 
like Isaiah Stewart plus um, Duran. I feel like that's a good big man yeah. rotation, at least the start of it. And no, I do too. Um, you know, go from there. Like this is another rebuilding project that's been going on for a while in Detroit that feels like it could end sooner rather than later because of how good they've been in the last two drafts. Yeah. I think this does say no, they're not gonna go after DeAndre Ayton in free yep. agency. Yep. But that's okay. You know, I don't think this is necessarily like a we're not going after Jalen Brunson or Anthony Simons, though. Because with Cade's versatility, they could still go add one of those free agent point guards. Ivy plays the two, Cade plays the three, Sadiq plays the four, and then Duran at the five. Like, Cade's so good, he can kind of make it work. He can be the two, he can be the three. And you're fine with that. So I think they can still make some stuff happen um, this offseason. And even if it all craps out, you can still throw a lineup out there next year of Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olenek for the sake of spacing, and Jalen Duran. Right. And that's head and shoulders better than anything you put out there this past year. Right. And then you just get some, you know, bench pieces that kind of, you know, Isaiah Stewart and Corey Joseph, and you just kind of build a basketball team slowly but surely. And Detroit is like a real good, balanced basketball team. So I'm impressed, Ryan. I really am. Good for Houston and Detroit not being dumpster fires anymore. Yeah. They'll leave that to Sacramento. Um And yeah, so like I overall I liked a lot of the picks. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have done the exact same thing overall, but like overall, good picks throughout the, the first round. Um the ones I hated though, I mean Sacramento is the obvious one. Like I said, I I don't get it. I don't know why they're just trying so hard to win now. Like they're just so off base, right? And this goes all the way back to the Halliburton trade. They don't know what they're doing. Keegan's going to be good. He's just not going to be worth four. I don't death, know. Else to say. Death by a thousand yeah. cuts in Sacramento yet again. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, trading for, trading for an all-star. Is that a, objectively a bad thing? No. But when you give up a young piece that you really like, everyone likes, and that I think Sacramento likes, it's a bad, yeah. de- it's a bad, bad move. Like, e- Give Buddy Healed in that trade as well, which you probably yeah. could have gotten more value for Buddy Healed. Then That's you draft, wild. compound that with drafting like a ready now, quote unquote, ready now NBA player with Keith Murray at the four instead of like trading out of the pick. Again, just like death by a thousand cuts. Just not necessarily one terrible decision that like blows up, like, but it's just little decisions day by day that just yeah. keep failing Sacramento. That's well, like we talked about with like Houston, Detroit, like don't panic, stay patient and be opportunistic. That's the exact opposite of what Sacramento's done. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm good. And I, they don't think, I don't think they know what any of those words even mean. Um, <laughs> Patience. No, that's never not heard of never. it. So I didn't understand Tyrese Halberton's game. Um, <laughs> They also have been so patient for so long for uh, waiting to get back to the playoffs that I guess they just ran out of patience. But they're done. Whatever. Yeah. 
Um, I'll throw Memphis on here. I loved the LaRavia pick. Like I said, I hated the David Wright pick. Again, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a player. But if you're Memphis, like, I guess you're allowed to take some swings on guys because you have a good team already. You have a good roster. So they can't get too much hate. Um, I might hate on them a little bit for this, all this garbage with Golden State online. But. <laughs> um, and then Minnesota, like I said, this felt very underwhelming. I don't think Minnesota is like this definite playoff team, Ryan. I mean, they they had to play in the plan, right? Like, it's yeah, not like, like that was a guaranteed thing for them. And I don't know, like, Carl Anthony Towns, good year. Anthony Edwards, good year. D'Angelo Russell, good, okay year. Like, right, is D'Angelo Russell going to have, like, an okay year? Or is he going to have a bad year? Um, you know, like, what version of Carl Anthony Towns are we going to get? Are we going to get the one who made an all-NBA team this year? Or are we going to get one who wasn't as good, right? Are we going to get playoff Carl Anthony Towns? Right, right. Uh, there's, a disaster. like, a range there. And I don't know, new ownership group there. Um, maybe they make some splash in free agency. Um, but, yeah, I don't – I wasn't – like blown away by anything they did tonight either. I don't think there was anything that really stood out from them. Yeah, of all the guys picked around where they were picking also, I mean, they went Walker Kessler at 22 and Wendell Moore at 26. Like, I would have rather had Marshawn Beauchamp, who was at 24, Blake Wesley, 25, Nikola Jovic, 27, Itai Washington, 29, if you're wanting to develop a guy, which they obviously weren't since they took two older guys, like I would have taken Peyton Watson. There were other guys who slipped to the second round. I would have rather them taken. I don't know that to me, I think we all know Russell D'Angelo Russell is not longed for there. And I, again, we've talked about this before. Like, are you building around Carl Anthony towns or are you building around Anthony Edwards? Right. To me, the answer is Anthony Edwards. Yes, I Which, agree. Yeah, because he's better. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, to me, then, I'm trying to find the guard or wing who pairs well with Anthony Edwards long-term. That's what I'm going for. And I know you don't have high picks in this draft, so that's hard to find, like, the guy. But, like, Ty Ty Washington slipped. He was right there. He's the yeah. best pick-and-roll point guard maybe in this group. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There might be other guys better than him, but, like, none that I think have for sure proven it. So, if he's sitting there at either of your picks and you don't take him because you already have D'Angelo Russell, who you might be trading anyway, that seems very short-sighted. Or even if you keep D'Angelo Russell for this year, are you extending him? Right. And like, like the que- like Tyus Jones, I think is a free agent this year. Like he was good for you off the bench. Like are you are you keeping him? Yeah. Oh no 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 sorry wrong well, wrong team. Tyus Jones, uh, he's originally from Minnesota. From Minnesota, um, but he plays for Memphis now. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, I, I forgot about that. But they could go target him. That's fine. I just I don't know. Is that really like the dynamic guard you want next to Anthony Edwards? Like probably not. Again, to me, I'm still going for a little more upside with them. Right. 
Um, like I'm, I'm not trying to just draft ready now players if I'm Minnesota. And so that's kind of the theme with both them and Sacramento is I think they both think they're better than they are. Mm. And so they drafted guys like we got to win now. And it's like, you, I mean, you're not ready there. Memphis is just like, I hated the David Roddy pick, but like yeah. the other two, like they just drafted guys that like, I think Walker Kessler is a backup center. And I think Wendell Moore is the seventh, eighth man at best for his career. Like I had him at pick uh, 42 on my board. Like I think, and I literally the note I have is like, yeah, he can fill out the end of your rotation as like a ninth, tenth guy. Mm. But like I'm not picking that guy at 26. Yeah, 26. Yeah. Especially if Ty Ty's there. So. I mean, there's even other guys like Kennedy Chandler, who's like a pretty good guard out of Tennessee, right? Yeah. But, yeah. But- Led the team in scoring, went 38 in the second round. Jaden Hardy. I really like Jaden Hardy. I, I think they should have someone before Sacramento at, like, what, 36 took yeah, him? 37. 37, uh, yeah. The pick was traded to Dallas, but, yeah. Yeah, like I was what, way higher on him. Like, why, like, I don't know. Like, to your point, if if you're looking for a guard, there were definitely other guards available, yeah. and – you know, take at that point, take take a high side guy. Yeah, and so I don't get it. And if you want a wing, like Wendell Moore is more of like a six six blue guy wing. Like again, I probably would have taken a little more upside, like Caleb Houston, who mm-hmm. fell the second round, or Max Christie, who fell the second round out of Michigan State, or Gabrielle Pochita out of Italy, who went thirty six. Like. I just think there were other guys. And again, big man, like with Walker Kessler, like I preferred um, Christian Coloco, who went 33 to Toronto. I preferred um, Ishmael Kamagate. Like there were other guys who I just preferred at the positions they were picking, even if you were wanting to do a win now. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's what really knocks him down on my end. But, I, hey, you know what can cover all that, though, if you're Minnesota? Anthony Edwards. So <laughs> maybe it don't matter. Maybe right. he's just that good. And he might be. But that's not, that's not how I want to try and set him up for success, though. Put it that way. Mm, yeah. I Minnesota... Minnesota's interesting. They've made some interesting decisions over the last couple drafts. Um, but I guess we'll have to see how it all plays out, Matt. We'll have to see how Chet plays. Summer League's right around the corner. Free agency starts in, like, what, 10 days? Yeah, soon. It's, I mean, it's all flying at you fast now. Yeah. Silly season starts soon. It's, it's just going to be a blast. The NBA draft is over. Are you going to start working on uh, Mach 1.0 for uh, 2023, or are you going to take take a break? I got to Man, I got my own games. I got to go take care of those. <laughs> get, on, get on with that. I'll, I'll get back on it eventually, but I'll probably give it till August. All right. Well, figure out a way, Victor Wambanyana, uh, however you say his last name, I, I probably can't pronounce it, uh, gets the Oklahoma City Thunder next year. 
All right. Someone started just dropping notes and Sam Preston's mailbox now. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. Um, anyways, this has been episode 142. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back for episode 143. Yeah.